My name is Wayne Hoffrichter, owner and operator of Hoffrichter Farms in Shirts, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agricultural Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I'm always glad you've taken the time to join me for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've done several stories here on this show about how bad the Texas wheat crop is this year. And if you look at those crop ratings that come out each week, you'll notice that it's not only bad, It's getting worse. We'll check those latest crop ratings numbers, plus we'll check in with one Rolling Plains, Texas wheat farmer to see exactly how bad his crop is doing up near the Red River. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. A new source of income is something every farmer would like but farmers are being advised to be careful when considering so-called carbon farming. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Texas peanut farmers are using less water while engaging in a drought-tolerant program. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. It's planting time in East Texas, and the farmers have to work around the weather to get it in properly. And the fire danger, though, is lower because of the rain that has come. Now, this is James Duncan reporting from Marshall. We'll have more in a moment. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. This is the worst Texas wheat crop in several years, and unfortunately, it's getting worse. The weekly USDA crop ratings last week showed 75% of this wheat crop rated poor to very poor. This week, it's jumped 6 percentage points. We're now standing at 81% of the Texas wheat crop rated poor to very poor. Freddie Street grows wheat in Vernon, Texas. He says his Rolling Plains wheat crop looks terrible. I think Texas overall has got the worst crop we've had in years. My personally, we about a third of our wheat never sprouted, never came up. It was planted in October, and the ground looks just like it did the day the drills left in October. Uh, you don't hold out much hope for that. The other wheat that we got up in late September and October, it, if we get some moisture, it could make a crop. Not a good crop, but it'll make something. But like you say, it don't make any difference. Wheat's $20 a bushel. If you don't have any, it doesn't do you any good. Street also grows cotton, coastal Bermuda, and alfalfa hay. He says he had good hay crops last year, but going into this spring, it's so dry that he is not optimistic about this season. The wind is whipping across Texas again this week, and the wildfire risk is high once again. 
Officials continue to urge Texans to be careful with anything that could create a spark outdoors. Fire danger has been high recently due to drought conditions, high winds, and an abundance of dry vegetation in some areas. Since the 25th, fire crews have fought to contain more than 60 fires, burning more than 162,000 acres across Texas. In Roberts County in the Panhandle, the Texas A&M Forest Service and local firefighters are working to contain a 30,000-acre blow. The fire in Eastland County that started more than a week ago continues to burn in some spots. It is 54,000 acres now and is 90% contained. The Forest Service encourages Texans to have a source of water and a spotter nearby when welding or doing anything that could create a spark outdoors. Don't drive on dry vegetation and don't throw your cigarettes outdoors. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Texas feedlots have big numbers of cattle right now. The recent cattle on feed report broke out the Texas numbers and showed that cattle and calves in Texas feedlots with a capacity of 1,000 head or more totaled 2.94 million head on March 1st. That's up 2% from a year ago. Cattlemen placed 350,000 head into the feedlots during February. That's a big jump, up 13% from a year ago. Texas feedlots marketed 335,000 head during February. That's unchanged from the same month in 2021. Carbon farming could be a new source of income for Texas farmers. James Hunt takes a closer look at that from Amarillo. Carbon farming. Essentially, it's corporations looking to improve their environmental profile by paying farmers to adopt practices that help sequester carbon. Planting cover crops or going no-till can be good practices, but as to carbon credit contracts, Texas A&M ag economist Joe Outlaw urges caution. When someone says, hey, I've got so-and-so has contacted me, they give me a contract, my answer is, you have somebody you trust that's a lawyer read this to make sure they can explain to you what you're getting yourself into. Dr. Outlaw says he's concerned farmers could find themselves in very restrictive arrangements for very little economic gain. He suggests waiting to see what other opportunities might be coming. The government is poised to spend a lot of money on this, and I would hate for our producers in this state to have signed a contract binding them up with one of these companies when the government is likely to do something between now and the election in November on carbon that might be better. Dr. Outlaw shared his thoughts during a recent online conversation with producers that was conducted by Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. On that same program, AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell also expressed reservations about these contracts and said there are other things farmers can do that will bring them similar economic gains. We in Extension can help producers with variety selection, hybrid selection, fertilizer timing, seeding rates. There are so many different agronomic practices that can help a producer save 3 to $10 an acre. Dr. Bell also said even without getting paid to do it, there are benefits that come with adopting carbon-conscious practices, such as getting improved soil texture, better water infiltration, and reduced erosion. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas peanut farmers are using less water than ever. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest from Stephenville is Johnny Kaysen. He is a peanut plant breeder with Texas A&M AgriLife Research. And uh, Johnny, peanut farmers here in Texas and across 
The U.S. have been reducing their environmental footprint uh, for many, many years by using less water on their crops. Explain uh, how that process has developed. Well, over the years, Tom, peanut production has become very focused on the amount of water that they're using. And one of the main drivers of that is the fact that the Ogallala Aquifer in West Texas is decreasing very rapidly. And so growers are increasingly facing the prospect of growing peanuts on less water in any given year, even during the process of the season as they water, the water table drops and they have to decrease the amount of water that they're able to put on their peanuts. And then also in South Texas, where they're adjacent to San Antonio, just urban encroachment tends to impact the amount of water that they have available for production. And so because of both of these reasons, the Peanut Producer Board in Texas has funded Texas A&M to develop drought-tolerant peanuts for about the last 10 or 12 years. We've had that program ongoing. And certainly this drought-tolerant peanut program is advantageous for these farmers, especially during times of drought in which we are experiencing right now in Texas with the La Nina weather pattern. Yes, it's, it's very beneficial. And with the water table getting lower every year, growers are facing the prospect of there being less water available, both from rain and from irrigation in the future. And so drought tolerance, they see as a must if peanut production is going to continue in Texas. That's Johnny Kaysen. He is with Texas A&M AgriLife. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It's planting time in East Texas. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. Corn planters were getting ready to plant. They had the seeds in the sack bought, the diesel in the fuel tank ready to go, but the storms moved in and that set us back for a few days. But with some sunshine and March winds, only a few days and the ground's ready to dry it out and ready to plant. Grass is really growing, but the high moisture content reduces the nutritive value. So we have to watch that real close. Need to still be putting out some excess hay for those cattle. Spring cabin is really looking good, and it is a beautiful sight to behold with those baby calves tagging along behind their old mother cows. Cattlemen's Association meetings have been well attended. We're still looking and considering ways to control the feral hogs so they quit ruining our meadows and our good uh, pasture land in forage production. It is important to get it done right, and the next few meetings we have are going to be concerning quality management of our forages. 4-H and FFA members were well rewarded this past week with their hard work at the Harrison County Farm City Week Junior Livestock Sale. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. Turkey season is opening up in additional parts of Texas. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And donkeys and mules have quite a few differences when compared to horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. On the Texas Ag Calendar, livestock producers in the Kerr County area have the Kerr County Ranch Field Day coming up Tuesday, May 24th at the Hill Country Youth Event Center in Kerrville. County Extension Agent Justin Klinzik is with us. And Justin, what will be happening at the Kerr County Ranch Field Day? 
I'm going to start the day out with proper weaning techniques for cattle, sheep, and goats and how that kind of benefits marketability. I'm going to discuss impacts of proper grazing and overgrazing. Morgan Livestock Equipment is going to bring in a mobile working pen, and we're going to get to do some live cattle handling and demonstrations with that. Dr. Joe Passel is going to talk about the benefits of pregnancy testing and demonstrate the IDEX alert pregnancy blood test. Then we're going to round out the day with Dr. Sonia Swiger from AgriLife Extension, and she's going to talk about parasite control in livestock. The Kerr County Ranch Field Day coming up May 24th. If you need more information, call the Extension Office at 830-257-6568. If you would like to have your agricultural event featured here on the Texas Ag Calendar, just shoot me an email, cmartin, C-M-A-R-T-I-N, at txfb.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Donkeys and mules have quite a few differences from horses. Dr. Bob Judd says there are behavioral differences and differences in their expression of diseases. Dr. Amy McLean indicated at the AAEP convention that although donkeys and mules can be expressive, they don't typically show signs of pain like horses. Also, donkeys tend to make friends with humans, while mules can be aggressive to some people. It is important to take your time and be patient, as surprising these animals is not a good idea. Approach the head first with a treat and allow the animal time to settle down and get their ears forward. Mules are particularly effective at kicking much more than horses and can kick a person standing all the way up to their shoulders. If the animal has laid back ears, be careful and you probably need to stop and go slower before examining the rest of the animal. Sedatives can make the mule or donkey easier to examine, but these animals need higher doses of sedatives compared to horses. Of course, you have to get the sedative in the animal and this may not be easy. Using a nose twitch, blindfold, or a cotton rope to hold up one leg like a scotch hobble can be helpful. Donkeys and mules generally do not respond to training techniques that are used for horses. So if you are attempting to train a donkey or a mule, find someone with experience in these animals. Signs of pain in donkeys or mules is different than in horses and can include an unusual stance, head shaking, and tail twitching. Mules in particular swish their tails when they are in pain, or if they are unhappy for any reason similar to cats. Dr. McLean and her team have developed a scoring system based on facial features to assess pain, including a fixed stare, clenched jaw, tightened tissue around the eyes, and dilated nostrils. If you are new to donkeys and mules, realize they have a lot of differences from horses. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Turkey season is opening up in additional parts of Texas this weekend. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. More Texas hunters will have the opportunity to chase real grand turkeys starting this weekend. Friday is opening day for counties with a one-bird bag limit. The spring hunting season begins for those in the Rio Grande North Zone Saturday. Jason Harden, wild turkey program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, said drought will likely impact turkey hunting this year, but there are a few areas where hunting is likely to be better than others. Most of the Rio Grande range, we have great hunting opportunities. If you have a place where you know there are birds, been birds year in and year out, don't hesitate to go. But there are hot spots in Texas, places where we do have higher densities, more birds, and typically more harvest. 
just the Edwards Plateau, especially that western part of the Edwards Plateau. I'm thinking about Menard, Concho County, Schleicher County. Places like that tend to really hold a lot of Rio Grande turkeys and, and provide a lot of great hunting opportunity. Further north in the Cross Timbers, Stevens County, Palo Pinto County, Coleman County, those areas can be great for hunting. Then down in South Texas, if you do have the opportunity to hunt that coastal sand sheet, that landscape or the big oak moths in Kennedy and Brooks County, that can be phenomenal hunting. It's just limited access down there. Lots of great places to chase birds. If you got a place to go, get after them. If you plan to hunt turkeys, remember the bag limit is cumulative. So if you bagged a turkey or several in the fall, those count toward the annual bag limit. And you need to know in, in your county what bag limited seasons are. You can get that through our outdoor annual. We have an app for that. So you can actually just click on it and see what the seasons are. But it is an annual bag limit. It's not a season bag limit. Be aware as there are counties with a one bird bag limit for the year. Be sure to check the outdoor annual for your county's rules and regulations. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw lower closes in cattle and cotton on Thursday, but the grain markets moved higher. We'll take a closer look at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We continue to see the grain markets affect livestock prices, and that was definitely the case once again on Thursday. The corn market took a big jump higher. That pressured cattle prices lower. April live cattle dropped 80 cents, 139.37. June down 87 at 137.12. August live cattle down 47 138.07. Same story in the feeder market, except the losses were bigger. April feeder cattle dropped 227, 161.40. May feeder cattle down 235, 166.55. Cash fed cattle market seeing sales at 138 here in the south this week. That is steady with last week's trade. Up north, we're selling cattle steady to a dollar higher, 139 to 140 on a live basis. Dressed cattle, two bucks higher this week up north at 223 to 224. Boxed beef was higher on Thursday. Choice up 202 at 26906. Select up 461, 26207. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. 
This is our head auctioneer, old auctioneer Troy. Troy sells all the cattle for us here. Let's let him sell this calf while we talk to Henry Pickett about the cattle he sold in Abilene Tuesday. Henry, how'd it go? Well, it ended up pretty good. We ended up with 1,020 cattle with uh, about 230 packer bulls and cows, a few replacement uh, bred cows, and uh, it was pretty good considering everything. Good. Uh, walk a few of the pens with us. Tell us about the price and quality you saw. <coughs> We had some really nice, good condition five weight steers. They bring upwards of a buck seventy five. <clears throat> we had some uh, four fifty weight heifers that bring a dollar fifty five. Then we had some <clears throat> odd and end seven fifty to eight weight steers that were just peeled off of other things that just didn't fit people's loads, and they bring upwards of a dollar fifty. And the packer cows were up to a dollar. Uh, packer bulls. We had a few big, high yielding packer bulls that bring two dollars, a dollar twenty. Good. Did uh, the prices shape up against the other sales that you? have interest in from earlier in the week they were just steady that you know the planer cattle were a little lower but the good cattle were steady to a little higher what do you anticipate for this next tuesday sale well last night we had a pretty large area of thunderstorms and a little bit of moisture so it may slow it down a little bit i think there was upwards of a half to maybe an inch in places well good good i was uh, reading on the mesonet that we need about an inch per three feet so maybe in some of those places we got enough to where we could plant some cotton on here pretty quick well, it's much better than what we had. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Here at the barn, we can be reached at 325-673-7865, or a cell number is 940-733-8208. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble from the Rolling Plains, reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs took a tumble on Thursday. April hogs dropping 277 to close at 101.75. May hogs down 342 at 113.57. Class 3 milk was higher. April milk up 22 cents, 23.68 a hundredweight. May milk up 47 at 24.37 a hundred. USDA released the much-anticipated planting intentions report for 2022 on Thursday morning. The number's a bit unfriendly for the cotton market. USDA estimating 12.2 million acres of cotton to be planted this year. That's ahead of last year's 12.1 million, a 9% increase. The market took it as a bearish factor, and we close with May cotton down 415, 135.69. The October down 111 points at 117.53 while December cotton dropped 116 points, 111.28. The corn market, however, saw some bullish numbers in that USDA report. The Ag Department estimating 89.5 million acres of corn will be planted this spring. That's less than we were expecting, and that would be the lowest acreage in five years. As a result, the corn market took another jump higher. May corn up 10 and three quarters, 748 and three quarters. New crop September corn up 22 and three quarters, 696 and a quarter. The wheat market actually saw the numbers somewhat friendly, nothing really bearish in that report. However, the market didn't seem to care. It dropped lower despite the fact that the numbers were somewhat friendly. July Kansas City wheat down 15 cents, 1029 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down 21 at 10.02 a bushel. In the energy markets, May natural gas was up 3 cents, 5.63. May crude oil down 6.88 at $100.94 a barrel. The financial markets lower Thursday afternoon. The Dow down 318 points, 34,910. 
The Nasdaq down 106 at 14,333. The S&P down 36 points, 4,565. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name is Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.